Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of CookieCast. Today on CookieCast, it's the wrestling podcast getting over. And it feels like it's been a while. And it has been a while, and that gets explained in this podcast. We are talking Survivor Series. <clears throat> Survivor Series used to be one of my favourites way back in the day. Um, yeah, we've got all the predictions that you need to enjoy the upcoming pay-per-view, premium live event, whatever they're called these days. Uh, yes, Survivor Series is coming this weekend, and you can use this podcast to help your enjoyment. Before we get started, please do consider like, share, subscribe, and comment. Leave a review where you can leave a review. The big one you've got a wrestling fan in your life send them this podcast they will absolutely thank you for it right let's get started here we go this is cookie cast getting over recording in progress Hello, hello, hello. Welcome along, everyone, to episode 59 of Getting Over, the home of all things wrestling and WWE on CookieCast. Now, if you're listening to us for the first time, thank you very much. If you're listening to us for the 59th time, thank you very much. If you're listening to us now, having listened to football, the darkest timeline, straight to the apex, thank you very much. You're all welcome back in, and we appreciate you being here, so uh, you'll know that I'm not alone. You'll, if you're watching on the YouTubes, then you'll uh, you'll be able to see that already. Um, Andy definitely isn't daft enough to trust his channel to just me on my own and run it into the ground. So, so Andy's here, the man that started it all, the cookie cast creator himself, uh, we, alongside podcast regulars, Mr. Matthew Moore and Mr. Paul Williams. Everybody's quiet so far, leaving me to it. Everyone all right? Yeah, what? Sure, sure, in text. Good. Uh, so we will start where we always start, or usually start, with a predictions title. Uh, Matt took the title in our last episode, praying it mm. from the hands of Andy. And looking to make his first defence, Matt had laid out some solid predictions for Fastlane. This is how we go on. Um, so, in joint fourth place, there was... Me, obviously. And Andy. So, uh, unfortunately... Andy, this, Andy is, uh, is not going to be taking that title back. This is a disgrace. What's, what's this? A, a new a new challenger appears. With a slight gingery haze about him. But Paul only managed three, so Matt returns with four. So well done. Matt got four out of a possible five points on that one. Um, there wasn't a load of points up for grabs granted last time. Uh, and obviously it is a little while since we've been here because... We skipped on the Saudi um, predictions, which we, we sometimes do, we sometimes don't, but this time it didn't fall right. Um, but yeah, Matt was actually only let down uh, by Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits losing um, to the LWO. So it wasn't like... It was probably fairly close. Um, but yeah, <laughs> four out of five. So well done, Matt. The title is yours for uh, another round of the podcast. Um, but as I mentioned, we, we skipped out on Saudi, so because it's been a while, we probably need to bring everyone up to speed a little bit. 
Um, so I've handily picked out the highlighted results uh, just to make sure. So uh, Roman Reigns is still the undisputed Universal Champion after defeating LA Knight. Rhea Ripley is still the Women's World Champion after returning in a fatal five-way match, which I quite enjoyed, to be fair. Um, Seth Rollins retained his World Heavyweight Championship against Drew McIntyre. Um, Andy, you, you might want to cover your ears for this next one. Um, Logan Paul won the United States title after beating WWE Hall of Famer Rey Mysterio. But probably the most shocking result was that Solo Sokoa defeated John Cena and defeated him clean from uh, from memory. Um, and following the match, Cena kind of teased a bit of a retirement angle. Um, in the build-up to that one, it was all, oh, I've not won in over a year, or whatever it was. No, however many years he said. But basically, you have to kind of be there to be able to have a chance of winning. So, you know, there is always that. It's like that um, thing in football where they're like, oh, such and such hasn't won at this ground for 35 years. They've not played there for 35 years, but they've not won there for 35 years either. Yeah. It's, um, I think the, the, the defeat obviously coincided with the end of the um, actor strike. So the chances are that Cena will probably go off into the distance for for at least a little while, even if it, you know it, it could genuinely be the retirement. But I would have thought he would go out with a bit more of a bang when it's time. Um, but it was announced as well during uh, the Crown Jewel event that WWE Experience is to open in uh, Saudi. It's going to open in Riyadh, which is obviously where most of the um, events have been held. Apparently, it's set to be a new interactive experience featuring an array of shops, superstar appearances, memorabilia displays, and more. I'm assuming that the appearances are only going to be when there's an event near and or they're promoting an event, because otherwise, that is a hell of a slog. There and back. Just to... <laughs> yeah, but they could always just send someone who's, you know, not being used at the time and just send them out yeah. there for like three or four weeks or something like that as, as their assignment. I suppose, but I mean, it's not, that's, that can't be a fun a fun journey either way, even when they're doing it, like, for the event. It's, they always seem absolutely knackered when they get back to Raw as well the Monday after. Um, but yeah, it's, essentially, it kind of sounds a bit more like a, a, a permanent or semi-permanent version of WrestleMania Access from back in the day. Uh, before WWE sold the autograph souls to Fitman Sports, um, I do find it a bit of a strange choice of location. Not because of it, the whole Saudi thing, whatever. Like, but yeah, obviously there's that. We can't get a physical Hall of Fame location in the United States, the home of the damn thing. But yet they can set effectively a what is a smaller version of it up in Saudi. Well, even the was it the WWE restaurant, cafe, bar thing in like, was that on, in like, in New York? New York in Times Square. It was in Times Square. It's what, but Hard Rock is that now, is where that was now. But obviously that couldn't last in like, a busy city which has a lot of tourists of people that Bollywood might be interested in that kind of thing. And, you know, I I presume it'll be one of them things where it's just going to, 
sit there and not many people will go, but it'll be some kind of tax fiddle slash some you know, there'll be some kind of kind of thing to keep them going type thing, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a weird one. If if we're really lucky, it'll be one of those things where they had a, a ten show deal and we're now however many in and then that's classed as an extra one, so it's just one less pay per view to do or that or sorry, premium live event to do well, so I doubt that very much. But yeah. Um just just a really strange sort of choice for me. Um you would have to me I would have thought Orlando would have been the absolute sort of peak of that tight into the performance centre kind of stuff and Yeah. Anyway, by the by. Um, we usually have some kind of hiring and firing to discuss, uh, but this time it's a little bit more of a contract expiry and shock appearance kind of a deal. Uh, World-famous MMA fighter and all-round internet troller extraordinaire Ronda Rousey recently let her WWE contract expire, with most people probably believing that was it for wrestling, especially if they've actually seen her doing it. Um, But that is until she turned up last week in Ring of Honor. Uh, she teamed up with Marina Shafia to take on Billy Starks and the current Ring of Honor women's champion, Athena, better known to a WWE audience, obviously, as Ember Moon. Um, Tony Khan has since confirmed that Ronda is not signed to a permanent deal. So who knows? Do we think we're going to see her again uh, in Ring of Honor? Or, you know, obviously maybe even uh, Vince's other company for Andy. We're going to see her over there again at any point soon. I think, yeah, she'll probably pop up every now and again just to troll the WWE. She seems to have a big kind of issue. And Tony will make it worth her while just to stand behind her and stick two fingers up at the same time. <clears throat> Is it, do you reckon it's more a case of she's sort of doing it to, to keep her sort of active while she contemplates a, a switch back to the UFC? She, she'll get her ass on it two of these days, will she? Surely. Well, and the, the also the other the other problem being with that the company that owns UFC also owns WWE now. Unless mm, yeah, some yeah. kind of Bellator PFL kind of thing, like she goes to the other again the other MMA company mm. there, whether they're bedfellows. Somehow, but yeah, I, I kind of felt it was a bit more like bridge bridge burning than anything else. Like, yeah, I, I understand like why. One, she, yeah, one last fuck you to them all, kind of thing. <laughs> I understand why she went to team with her mate because obviously the the Marina Shafir who she um, teamed with was part of her original group of four, and she from UFC. So I get that, but it it just feels a bit like, yeah. I went on the internet, slagged off wrestling whilst I was still doing the wrestling and now I've left the WWE I'll still do the wrestling though because it's still cool while I can still do it and make a little bit of money out of it but yeah, I'm gonna, I'll am gonna. i go back on the internet tomorrow and slag it all off again Like what? It's like the ultimate, it is like the ultimate troll move as well though because is there any more kind of marquee company than like AEW slash and particularly ring, the Ring of Honor side of it thing it's like you want you like your Mark Smart kind of um, wrestling fan? Go there, and it's like the com- complete antithesis of it's the thing that she's pushed back against, and also the antithesis of what she is. The yeah, it's kind of like a real kind of fu to everybody. 
haven't I haven't got too much more on the new stuff because not really much has happened other than the storyline stuff that um, you know we'll we'll get into during the predictions arm. So um, we might as well get stuck straight into it if that's all right with you guys. Um, because there'll be there'll be a few talking points along this way. I'm I'm very sure. So WWE does return to Chicago for this weekend Survivor Series, emanating from the Allstate Arena. Uh, as usual for the podcast, all the match information is taken from WWE.com and is correct at the time of recording. If it changes, then yeah, it's not our fault. Uh, currently got five matches on the slate, so we've got Carlito versus Santos Escobar. An intercontinental title match. Gunther defending against The Miz. Uh, we've got a women's world title match of Rhea Ripley defending against Zoe Stark. And then we have two War Games matches. So the men's match is Cody Rhodes, Sami Zayn, Jey Uso, Seth Rollins and Randy Orton versus The Judgment Day. So Finn Balor, Dominic Mysterio, Damian Priest and JD McDonough and Drew McIntyre. Uh, and the women's war games match is Bianca Belair, Charlotte Flair, Shotzi and Becky Lynch versus Damage Control, which is now Bailey, Kyrie Sane, Asuka and Io Sky. Um, so we'll wind that back to the first one and we'll get into Carlito versus Santos Escobar. With Rey Mysterio sidelined by injury, uh, he's, he's been out having some knee surgery, Carlito steps up to take on Santos Escobar. Now, you may remember that both of these guys were part of the LWF. Well, no longer. Following Ray's loss of the US title to Logan Paul at Crown Jewel, Carlito accused Escobar of costing Ray the match intentionally. Has anybody seen what happened at the end of that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, uh, he, he, took the, he took the brass nuts from... Uh, did they ever explain who that guy was? Was he just no. Logan Paul's like, hype man? Just like some Logan Paul prime dude. <clears throat> yeah, and it looked it looked dodgy because obviously he takes them off him and then basically just happens <laughs> to leave them on the side of the apron mm-hmm. and then runs and then runs after Mister uh, Mister you know Hanger on it extraordinaire and then Logan Paul obviously gets them and uses them to win the match. Yeah. Exactly right, and then that obviously led to Carlito accusing him of doing it intentionally. Um, and I mean, it wasn't exactly denied. Been as an enraged Escobar, then went on and attacked the old WO, ending with a drop kick to the steel steps into the leg of Rey Mysterio, putting him out with the injury. So cue up the gr- uh, the grudge match graphics because uh, it's time. Escobar is stepping out on his own, but will Carlito bring him back down with a bang at Survivor Series? I will go to Andy first. Andy, you can have the honours on this one. So, Carlito or Santos and why? Uh, I've got Santos down for this one. Okay. Just feels... Just feels that's where it's probably going to go. Okay. Um, But, I've gone for Santos as well. I presume it's going to be like basically the Latin world order just falling apart and the two guys that were in his little gang in NXT will just align themselves with him again. Mm. Some kind of thing. But yeah, yeah. so Santos for me. Okay. 
Paul? Strange on this one, because obviously you'd think that the idea of this is to build like Escobar as your new sort of sneaky heel to then take on uh, Mysterio further down the line. But Carlito's literally just come back and do they really want to be like beating him this soon after he's come back? So, I think this could be our first dodgy happenings sort of match. Uh, so, I would like to go for Carlito to win, but because Escobar gets disqualified. So I think it'll be like a chair shot or something like that that causes it or some sort of... Is, is there a... Like, you know, they like they, they like to play up to the sort of the stereotypical foreign object, don't they? So it's like, you know, Finley just had to have a shillelagh. And uh, is there a stereotypical... Oh, a piñata. There you go. They'll hit him with a piñata. The event isn't know. taking place in Puerto Rico this time, Paul. You realise it, is it? Actually I know, but... But Santos Escobar's Mexican. It'll be with like a deep dish pizza or something like that. Um, anyway, <laughs> I, I'm going to go for Santos. So that does leave Paul out on his own with that prediction. Um, my reason behind it is very similar to Matt in the sense of he's, you know, it's his first sort of go on his own. And I, I get that Carlito's just come back from what Paul was saying, but he also had that, like, that moment in uh, was it London he came back was it was it which event was it he can't, my, my mind's just gone now but he, he had that sort of returning hero kind of deal already at the end of a match so I, I don't think he necessarily needs to win this time around um, however I, I'm going to go with Santos um, I'm not sure to take on what Matt said I'm not sure that they're going to reform El Fantasma a la NXT, because um, there's rumours of them already bringing back up Humberto and um, Hector Garza. Uh, yeah, well, An- Angel Garza as he is. In Angel Garza. Um, it was fast. It was fast lane that Kalio uh, came back. At. Right there we go. So it wasn't. Oh yes, it wasn't that long ago. Then it feels. It feels like it, it was longer ago than it was, but it's because we've uh, we've had Saudi in between. Um, so yeah, there's talk of him bringing back Humberto and Angel Garza as his sort of henchmen. Um, whether they will or not, we'll, we'll see. But there's definitely going to be shenanigans either from El Fantasma as was or 2.0 as as may be. So uh, Santos for me, Paul may be uh, hitting an early lead if he gets that uh, DQ finish that he wants. Okay, so Intercontinental Title Match. First and foremost, this match should be a much bigger deal than it is. Uh, Gunther is the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion of all time, which will be 531 days by the time that Survivor Series gets here. Miz has held the title eight times, which makes him one reign away from tying the record held by redacted oh no sorry chris jericho we can actually yeah <laughs> just because he works for the other guys now but no the record is nine times held by jericho you would think that they would make a big deal of this um purely for that reason if miz was to get to the, the fabled ninth i'm sure that the other guy would just uh 
not be mentioned until his AEW contract runs out and a Hall of Fame call comes. But um, I, I, I don't understand it. I really don't understand it. Uh, Miz did have to overcome the odds in a fatal four-way to become the number one contender, uh, beating Ivar, Bronson Reed and Ricochet in the process. Uh, on 30th of October, Gunther was a guest on Miz TV, which added a bit more fuel to the rivalry when the big Austrian left the host embarrassed on his own show. Can Miz tie the record this weekend and gain a measure of payback against the leader of Imperium? Or will Gunther march on? Matt, do you want to go first? I've gone with Gunther. I just think they're going to stick with him for a while. I'm gonna... Part of me feels like they're going to keep the title on him until like all the Roman Reigns stuff gets sorted out. And then he'll somehow end up being shifted into a world title thing at some point. Um, also, I really enjoyed the video that he did the other week. I think, was it somewhere on WWE, kind of on the social media things, where he just sat there criticising all like the wrestlers from the 90s and just calling them body guys and stuff like that. I found that really, really amusing. Was it him and... Um, oh, what's his name? I can't think of uh, was it Vinci Giovanni Vinci or was it Kaiser no. Kaiser yeah Kaiser and they were obviously all sat there smirking the whole time and I found it really amusing I saw a lot of the fallout from that um, in the in the written form in the sense of they instantly sensationalised it for the dirt sheets of Gunther slags off Ultimate Warrior says he was the worst wrestler ever blah, blah, blah. it's like proper proper laid into him um I don't think he was the worst wrestler ever, but um, I mean, he maybe had a point for some of it, but it was fully in character, though, wasn't it? Really? Oh yeah, yeah. This is the thing where people are like, come on, it's it's just it's it's blatantly the character and the thing that they, you know, obviously Imperium and their kind of respect the mat kind of thing, and obviously it's the kind of thing just to wind a load of people up. And, <gasps> Shock horror! He's managed to get a load of people wound up over about something that probably doesn't matter. <laughs> Okay, I have put you in the book for Gunther. Um, I am in full agreement, so I've put mine in already. Um, same reasons. He's keeping it for a while yet. Um, the Miz has only, sort of, thanks to that fatal four-way, really recently featured back <coughs> in a wrestling role. Um, so it feels a bit more like he's just been fed to the, the beast at the moment. Um, Andy's kind of nodding along, so I'm, we'll go to Andy next. Yep, fully agree. Gunther to retain. And we'll keep it for a while. I think they're going to make the, the next run of this record a long one. Um, I think there's something in the background about... he. he I think Pedro Morales is the next guy to... He's had it the longest, but I think it's something like cumulative days or something like that. So there is, there, there is another record on the horizon. So... That, that's got got to be in there for, for my, my money, I reckon. Paul, have we yeah, given you I mean, ammo to agree? You have you have those sort of like banker banker bets, don't you? And I'd say that surely the, the the safest sort of bet, if you were going to bet on on the rest of the moment, the safest one at the moment is to is to back a gun to retain. Um, I did see something where uh, apparently. I think he's uh, Gunther's done a um, uh, an interview with Chris Van Vliet, um, and he said something like, 
Uh, honestly, uh, when when the Miz was uh, was WWE champion, um, that that was the time that I chose to uh, sort of stop watching uh, WWE. I was like, oh, even if he's just saying that in jest, that is uh, definitely a shots fired. Um, and if uh, and if a couple of errant rounds just happen to sort of uh, fall in Gunther's way on, uh, on on Saturday evening, I wouldn't be surprised. Let's put it that way. But uh, yes, Gunther to retain. Okay, I imagine that I imagine it's geared up for him to maybe lose it at the Royal Rumble, and then obviously end the match later on and potentially win the Royal Rumble. He's he's not going to fight for the world title at Mania. Well, unless it's unless it's the one that's held by Rollins currently. Um. Okay. Right. We shall move along. Next one on the card, we have the women's world title. Rhea Ripley defending against Zoe Stark. Now, after shedding the title of Trish Stratus's protege, nothing really much has happened for Zoe Stark until now. That is. Zoe and Rhea clashed during the fatal five-way at Crown Jewel, with Rhea Ripley even being hit by Stark's finisher, the Z360. Which, when she gets it right, does look pretty cool. It's like a bit of a fancy go-to-sleep almost, isn't it? It's quite cool. Um, but yeah, following Crown Jewel, a number one contender's battle royal took place, with Stark earning her shot by becoming the last woman standing, eliminating Shayna Baszler to conclude the matchup. Can Stark hit the Z360 one more time on Rhea to end a historic title reign, or does Mammy come out on top once again? Um, now, uh, Paul? Uh, no, no, she can't. <laughs> As in, Mammy doesn't come out on top, so you're predicting Zoe Stark? Uh, I think you know that's not what I'm saying. You slide out. That's what we all heard. Oh, I'm afraid I've got to put take me in the, Put me in the column for a Rhea Ripley retain and let's move on as that's what, that's what everyone's going to say. We can just get this portion of the podcast done and dusted and we can all move on with our lives. Okay. Um, so, Andy, any doubt as to what you're picking as well? <laughs> Unfortunately, I agree with Paul's statement. I do believe that there is only... There are, there are four answers. They're all the same and they could have probably been put in the book days ago at this right? point. You remember that previous uh, thing that I said about the, one of the safest pets in WWE was uh, a Gunther retain. Copy and paste. If, uh, well, I'm I'm the same. I've also gone for Rhea Ripley. Matt? Yeah, me too. Yeah, shocker. Ah, man, the, I think that they've been at this stage now for a little while. I think it started to be highlighted by the Roman Reigns issue. But it's it, it was just previously the top of the card... And now it seems to be filtering down slightly, whereby they haven't got anybody ready to take over. There's there's only there's only like a few people, and like obviously Jey Uso has been started, they've been built for a little while now. Ellen Knight is really only kind of a fairly recent addition to that, but there's there's not really been anybody for me on like the, the slow burn to to possibly attain. I think they box themselves into a corner, like box themselves into corners with things, because like if Ray Ripley loses it, then the Judgment Day kind of loses a little bit of its thing. Seth Rollins losing the heavyweight title kind of renders it slightly pointless because he's lost it really quickly. Um, yeah, it's kind of all it, like, sorry, um, yeah, they kind of got themselves stuck in a in a in a position of. They can't really move any titles. 
Um, so then they're stuck, kind of, you know what's going to happen each time round. I think I think part of it falls down to this war games thing coming up as well, because they, yeah. they feel like they have to shoehorn this in. And this year it probably didn't really make that much sense, it's particularly the women's one. Um, there was no real reason to, to have it other than it's just there as the spectacle that has to be seen at the Survivor Series. Um, they might have been better off going for um, just you know a normal series of matches, even if there was some sort of elimination match for the for the title rather than a um, a war games as such. That would have had that Survivor element to it. But yeah. Anyway, um, we we digress slightly. We are all in the book for Rhea Ripley. Um, so currently, only Paul has the potential to either be losing. Or absolutely winning with this Carlito prediction. Um, right, before we get stuck into the two War Games matches proper, uh, we're just going to take a very small break. You're not, it'll just carry on for you and you'll be right. You, you won't even notice a thing. So, uh, whole fire, um, blink, and we will be right back. Recording in progress. See, we're back. You blinked. Here we are. Told you. That's how it works. It's all the magic of the podcast stuff that Andy sorts out for us. Um, so, yeah. We were just about to get stuck into the men's war games match. So, as I mentioned, it is Cody Rhodes, Sami Zayn, Jay Uso, Seth Rollins, and a returning Randall Keith versus The Judgment Day, made up of Finn Balor, Dominic Mysterio, Damian Priest, and JD McDonough, accompanied by Drew McIntyre. Now, obviously, WWE announced two returns for this coming weekend. One was the War Games cages uh, and the second ring, and more shockingly, the return of Randy Orton. The shock itself isn't necessarily the return as such for, for Randy Orton. It's just that it was announced so far ahead of the event that they decided to announce it on the Raw in the lead-up to it. A bit of speculation as to why that happened. Um... I can only surmise that the real reason that they announced it so early was to stop people going, oh my God, it's CM Punk! Oh, it's in Chicago! Oh my God, it's CM Punk! Um, and that's really the only reason I can think of. Um, we, we all know how much they, they loved it when CM Punk left in 2014 under a huge cloud and then the crowd continued to chant his name right up until after he debuted for AEW um, almost eight years later, or maybe a little bit longer than that. So... Um, that, yeah, anything they can do, but Brandy Orton coming back has been probably been on the cards a little while now. There's There's been, like, fan videos released of him training at the Performance Centre and stuff, so we've, we've known that the uh, the back injury wasn't going to keep him out forever. I did kind of think it would be the Rumble, personally, and I suppose there is still that whole double bluff thing that he might not make it to this current weekend if he was to be mysteriously attacked in the back. Um, they've also released a t-shirt and a hoodie though, so I'm guessing it is legit. <laughs> why, you know, why, why wait till the uh, day that he's actually seen on TV? Nah, nah, let's crack out the uh, crack out the merch it nice and early. Um, says this guy. Yeah. <laughs> But it's, uh, it's also no secret that Judgment Day have been all over WWE for months. Raw is obviously their main show, but they have been off to NXT, they've been on SmackDown. The brand split is starting to become a little bit hazy again, as it tends to do around Survivor Series time of year. Um, 
but also Rollins, Rhodes and Zinn and obviously Jey Uso have been kind of a little bit here and there as well uh, but they've been on the receiving end of, of most of the Judgment Day beatings for the past well since Wrestlemania we're saying been quite a while uh, this weekend they will however finally get a chance all get a chance for revenge uh, it is important to note as well that JD McDonough is now officially a member of the Judgment Day Drew McIntyre is not an official member of the faction but has had issues with Cody Rhodes Jey Uso um, he cost them the tag titles recently uh, and obviously had a losing effort against Seth Rollins at Crown Jewel for the World Heavyweight title so he has he's got he's got enough beef to, to stick him lump him in with the, with the heels as such uh, but with arguably nine of the biggest names in WWE competing in this match and JD McDonough we're in probably for a, a, a recent, uh, sorry, a reasonable effort all round. But which team are going to emerge from war games with their hands raised? Uh, Paul, do you want to go first? Uh, this is this is a bit of a strange one for me because it, like, it kind of makes sense for the, the 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 good guys to get the win. So I don't know what you're putting that down as Team Cody, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but do you do you sort of like start teasing the breakup of the Judgment Day? Obviously, for then Priest to go off on his own, take his briefcase, cash it in, and you know, start a run as the world champion. I don't, I don't know. It's it's a, it's a weird one. I feel like there's like it, it, like it feels like there's still legs in the Judgment Day for as, as long as they need it to run for, but <clears throat> yeah, I I just can't see the I can't see the face thing losing, especially if it's probably going to be that Orton gets the big sort of pop the the win. They always have that thing with with Orton as well, whether they never really know whether to make him heel or face, and for the fact that he's like it's been the big return, I can't see that him being on the face team and then turning immediately I think that's like too much too soon um, it'd be interesting because obviously there is no world heavyweight title match if the good guys effectively win but then somehow there's a way that Seth Rollins ends up stuck in the cages on his own and then they have this huge beat down and the, the cash in because if, if Priest was to take the title between now and say the Rumble That'd be a nice little start out of a ten on his uh, sort of advancement. I can't see him taking it into WrestleMania personally. I don't think he's 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 that kind of level just yet. Well, I don't um, know. I, I would, it would. You were saying earlier about the potential that obviously Reigns is like you like your undisputed top guy. Then you've maybe got like your person like you sort of. Obviously, I know that I know that Rollins is your other sort of world champion and stuff like you see like, on that level certainly. Like, Range is like you know on like this strange enough island of sort of like his own little sort of you know relevancy, and then you've got like you sort of your people who are sort of like Seth Rollins, Rhodes, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, people like that that are at that sort of like secondary level. I don't think that Priest is far off that like secondary level to be honest with you, um, and I think he's been like he's been pushed well enough that he's. You know, I think the fans will be happy to see him win the title when he actually does cash the uh, cash the briefcase in. 
I, I think I think they'll be happy. But I like we were talking about the the rumble and about you know the, the fact that Gunther was mentioned as a potential winner or like I can't see it being Priest versus Gunther at, at well, WrestleMania. I couldn't see it being Priest versus uh, sorry um, Gunther versus Roman Reigns. I think if Gunther is to win, it would have to be for that. Uh, world heavyweight title, and it probably would still be Seth Rollins if his uh, if his back's up to it. Um, but it, it might be an interesting wrinkle to this weekend if if at least we get some sort of tease that it could get cashed in inside the cage, like the War Games cages. Even if it ends up being a failed cash in, and then that's some kind of like fallout among the Judgment Day because it might be Balor's fault has happened or something like that. That would be that would be a nice nice little wrinkle to it. But um, so. Just to, to, to sum yours up, but you are definitely going for Team Cody, right? Yeah, please. Okay. Andy, what just, you got? Just so I'm clear, there's a there's a team that's got Randall, Keith, Orton on. I presume you've already put my pick down in the book, yeah? Well, it's been it's been a while, so I didn't know if you might have. Uh, Switch sides whilst he's been out sunning himself. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. That was a nice easy one then. So, Team Cody for yourself. We might end up with a really, really, really similar set of uh, predictions here. Matt? I've kind of gone like, like loads of different ways with this. And then I, at one stage I was like, oh, maybe it'll be Judgment Day. And Randy will just turn on his team and kind of, and then he's like the leader of this kind of like of, of the Judgment Day that's been kind of hanging around and not kind of thinking. And then I real, then I just looked at the Judgment Day team and I saw there's Dominic, and there's Old, JD McDonough, the pair of them just desperately sat there ready to eat that pin. <laughs> so, so that the, the faces can win because I was like who on that team of five is going to eat that eat the the like, well, it's not going to be Cody because that's going to be wrong and it's not going to be Randy because he's just come back and well, you don't want to spoil Sammy's heat and uh, oh well then oh, you, you got Seth well he's the, he's the world heavyweight champion and who else have we got Jey Uso and we're well, trying to build his heat so yeah oh look there, there's Dominic and there's JD just sat there trying to neatly take the take the pin <laughs> and that'll be that and uh, you know some kind of weird bump off something at some point so yeah team face or whatever we want to call them ah uh, yeah I've got I've got you down for team Cody now I, I, I could not have summed that up any better I think to, to touch on what you said if if Judgment Day win it will be Sami Zayn that loses for, for the good guys without a shadow of a doubt but you're absolutely right <laughs> absolutely nailed it um, if JD McDonough is not the losing fall in that match I will be very surprised very very surprised he has been added to the judgement day for that exact reason and maybe they might push it as a he, he's swiftly ejected from the judgement day shortly after who knows but I think Matt is bang on. But that does give us a clean slate across this one as well. So everybody is going for Team Cody. So still, it's going into the last prediction on the card, it's just Paul with one different. I don't know if this has ever happened to this extent before. Um, I did wonder if this might happen. 
and that's why when I sent the match card through to you guys, I left the women's war games match till last because I think it's possibly the most unpredictable of the two. I'm saying that. We'll find out when we uh, when we all then pick the same goddamn team in a minute. Um, but yeah, the women's war games match is the last one to predict for this podcast, uh, and it's Bianca Belair, Charlotte Flair, Shotzi, and Becky Lynch versus Damage Control, who now consist of Bailey, Kyrie Sane, Asuka, and Io Sky. Um, See, I also left this one until last. This is probably the most catching up to do here. Um, so firstly, Kyrie Sane made a return at Crown Jewel and then turned up to help Io Sky retain her WWE women's title against Bianca Belair. Bailey did look concerned when she saw Kyrie Sane because it was Bailey and Sasha Banks that sent Kyrie packing from WWE back in the day. Uh, but on the following SmackDown, Kyrie Sane did confirm that she was with Damage Control. Uh, and in a bigger twist, Asuka left Bianca and Charlotte high and dry during a six-woman tag match to also join Damage Control. So Asuka's never really been part of a group, ever. She's never been pushed as anybody who would need a group. She, she's obviously been tag team champion um, on occasion, uh, but never really part of a, big, a bigger group. So it was a bit of a, um, an odd one, that, because they've, they've aligned the three... Japanese women on the Smackdown side of things and I did kind of wonder if they'd just break off on their own, I guess that might still come down the line but as it stands, damage control has grown in size uh, but yes, even the sides of little shots he tried in vain to level the numbers but all three, so as in Charlotte, Bailey, and Shotzi were taken out and then Bailey confirmed that they would meet inside war games, however this left Bianca Shotzi and Charlotte one person short. Cue Becky Lynch. A really weird announcement of this on, I don't know if you guys had seen it on her Instagram, of her trying to fake type at a laptop whilst her mobile phone rang and it said Charlotte on the screen. Clearly not. Clearly not. Heather rang. It was terrible. It was really badly done. Um, but yeah, with the history between Flair and Lynch alone, that could lead to a potential flashpoint, never mind the fight against damage control as as is now. So there's a lot there's a lot going on. Probably the most going on inside this match than than any of the others on this particular card. So for the final time on this episode, who wins? Um I will go first and I am gonna go against my own rule and say damage control purely because there is not a title involved. If there had been a title involved, clearly I'd have picked Charlotte Flair to um, Just with the recent additions and like the freshening up of Damage Control, it feels like they're sort of breathing new life into that at the moment. And it, whilst inevitably, like I mentioned earlier, it will lead to a huge angle of a split, now is not that time. They're just getting off the ground with the new members. So I, I think Damage Control will win, and in much the same way that Matt mentioned J.D. McDonough, Shotzi is J.D. McDonough in this particular match for me. Um, so, sorry Shotzi, I do like you, um, but damage control for the win. Paul, Paul's got his hand up. So, there's a little, a little like, sort of saying of um, one, one of these things is not like the other. So... Bianca Belair, 
Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, all great names. Fourth member of the team then has to be equally as good a name, equally as big a name, equally as you know, just with the the history and you know the the, the decorated nature. Or we could just put Shotzi in to definitely take the pin and uh, you know give the win to uh, Damage Control. So we'll just do that, shall we, please? Why is, Why is she in this match? She's, oh. she has, she's, she's had more TV time recently, though. She has been built up slightly. She had the the whole thing against Bailey where <clears throat> Bailey cut her hair and then yeah, she, shaved, she shaved her head. So it has been. It's not. It's not like it's a new. Sort of, it's not just a last-minute addition. It's just that she hasn't got the gravitas, like the the history behind her that the rest of them in the match have got. Because even on the other side of the, like, you could say, I guess, if you really wanted to, you could flip it on its head and say, well, Kyrie Sin might be the person. Nah, because at least she's she's been a champion. Yeah, but I think in her case, it's more of a she's just come back as well. This will be like her first kind of big event I mean, since the return. Literally, Shotzi's the only one in this match that hasn't held the title. Literally. I mean, there's, there's Shotzi's fired by uh, Mr. Williams there. <laughs> but, I just, like, I'm sure she's a lovely person, so that, but everything I've seen, she's just not a very talented wrestler. Sorry. Can she take okay, a pin, so though? That's the question. Andy's obviously seen her previous career. Um, so, moving on. So, just to sum that up, Paul's uh, going for damage control, yeah? Certainly okay. is. So that's two, two for two. So, out of myself and Paul's full set of predictions, we will have a winner. Now, Andy, do you want to go next? Yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be three of three, I'm afraid, on that one, which I imagine is going to cause problems. Um, okay, so what we need is that when you guys are uh, watching Survivor Series, checking the results, whatever it might be, if you see that Carlito has not won <laughs> the match against Santos Escobar, Paul, you need to find, <laughs> find um, a tiebreaker for next time. We'll put that out there nice and early. Um, okay, ooh, so- ooh, ooh. Or... I'll let Matt do his pick, and then if it need, if it's needed, I'll give you a suggestion as to what you could have as the tiebreaker. Okay, Matt, to round us out then for the predictions on episode fifty nine, what you got? Damage control. Hey. <laughs> yeah! War games. This is the first first time. It has to be. There is only one different. I can't. I can't remember a podcast in all the time we've been doing this where. All the predictions have been the same for the four. When, like, when when you sent the card through, it's been the card. I I mean, I did my predictions last night, and it took me less than three minutes because <laughs> they did not require a whole lot of thinking about. It was the only slight to and fro was the men's um, war games, and even then, I was like. Oh yeah, look at them two sat there just begging to eat the pin. So, um, decision made, kind of thing. It would have been two minutes if I hadn't 
see if I hadn't had to think a little bit about the men. See, I, I, I still think that the women this the women's match has still got more to it. I think that we've all gone with a logical option because of the, the Shotzi pin situation. But like I said at the beginning in the, in the sort of the bit before, like Charlotte and Becky coming together could just that team could just implode. Got, so yeah. it could be something it could be a fault of theirs as opposed to um, you know, anything that Shotzi does or um Asuka kind of just joining in has been a little bit random. Maybe she might screw over the rest of the team because actually she'll be on you know, it's almost Kurt Angle um alliance style in the sense of she's just recently joined and actually she's just doing it to be a bit of a sort of a shit staring double agent for want of a, a better better expression. I still think there are different, lots more different ways they could go with this women's mm. match, certainly than over the men's. I mean, that Bailey could turn on because yeah, she could be suspicious. And from a from a, from a symmetrical like sort of point of view, it annoys me that there's five men on each team in the men's one, and only four women on each team in the women's one. And that, and that's another one of those things that just like lends the sort of the gravitas behind the, yeah. This this definitely wasn't really sort of uh, just thrown together at the last minute because they felt they had to have a women's war games match, was it? I've seen some people um, on on certain sites. Why have they done that? Why is it four v four? Why is it not five v five? Because like surely like Dakota Kai could get involved. Um, I mean, I'm sure she'd love to if her ACL would actually last more than two minutes in its current state of rehab. Um, well, they could, to be fair, they could just have her and just have Tegan Knox on the other side. And I'm sure her knee will just implode at some point anyway. So. There's there's room, there is still room on each team for one more in that respect. So who, who's to say that we won't get a surprise return in the women's match as well yet? Yeah. Obviously, Nia, Nia Jax is just waiting in the wings to just injure someone. I mean, just a competing <laughs> off the top of the cage no thanks no thank you yeah but yeah so as you both pick the exact same rather than having a tiebreaker at the start of the next one let's put it in place now so uh, obviously team Cody versus team judgment day is going to be the main event yeah why don't you each predict how long the match will run for? Uh, so how long the men's war games match will be, just in case they throw it on early. For so, me. and to make it so like it's a little bit more tricky, you each have to do it in minutes and seconds. Because I think the likelihood of you each picking the same amount of minutes and seconds is okay. very unlikely, whereas you might all pick the same roundabout figure in minutes if that makes sense yeah alright well Paul uh, well I was going to say you could pick but actually technically speaking Matt's defending champion so he could probably have the honour of going last if he wants to uh, sneak a shithousey pick in yeah. <laughs> in between but he's <laughs> champion's advantage um, well I was well I was going to say you all have the right of down and show them the camera I, I don't have a pen and paper I've only got the, the pad you can write on your phone 
Me neither. I've got a dog on me on my lap as well. So. Right. Let's just go. Matt can go last because he has champion's advantage. Um, I'll I'll go first if that because I I'm consistently the worst performer at predictions anyway, so I'm not bothered about that. Um, I will go with and I'm going to write this down as we go. I'm going to go with 47 minutes and 12 seconds. I think it'll be a long one. That's what she said. Andy. Wait. She never, she didn't say that. I've gone with a bit of symmetry for you. Oh, okay. 33-33, all the threes. Okay, Matt, that, that gives you a good bit of scope to um, go higher, lower, or it's somewhere in between. I'll just, I'll just slide yourself perfectly in the middle there at 40 minutes and some seconds. <laughs> well, my first thing that came to mind was... 37 minutes and 14 seconds. Are you going with that? Yep. Alright. Okay, Paul, you now can watch it and time it for us, yeah? Good luck. Right. Well, so. <laughs> what I was going to say was, um, probably should have thought this one through. What's the timing? The... Or have they announced it yet? No, they've, they did the... Um, the match on Raw, didn't they, for the advantage, which was um, Drew McIntyre versus Jey Uso, which I think and Drew would won. So the, the Judgment Day will have the um, sort of, the, you know, the, the advantage going into the first bit. But I mean, it doesn't count for anything. Does it, when they get going. The, heel, the heel team will have the advantage. <laughs> this is unbelievable. <laughs> Never happened before. Um, I would have taken it. I know that the, officially the match doesn't start until the, the last person comes out of the cage, but I'm taking. I would take it as a segment. That's what I based my guess on. So, like from the time that the first two start fighting. Oh yeah, that's 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 what I'm, that's what I'm going to be telling you. But I meant yeah. one of the timings was how long are the intervals? So, like, is it going to be like four minutes? Then the next person gets released. Four oh. minutes, so on and so forth. Because no idea. Because of the, the fact that you've got to get eight people into the match. Will yeah. have a massive knock-on effect on that. Yeah, no, nah, they, they haven't said anything about that. Plus, as well, we all know in the past that there's been like at least three minutes between each Royal Rumble entrant, which ended yes. up being like I, I believe they refer to it as Titan Time. Yeah, exactly that. It'll be um, a, a set period of time between the uh, participants entering the ring. That'll be determined on the day, depending on how well the running order has gone and who's jeffed it up halfway through. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so I, I would I would take them times from when they first start fighting, as opposed to the actual official bell, if that makes sense. <laughs> okay, so that's it. So we already have a tiebreak in in uh, throw as well. Um, so we are all set. Has anybody got anything else wrestling related that we? Uh, Desperately need to get off our chest before we head off into the sunset. Only, uh, only thing I've got is um, just uh, we don't need to talk about AEW, but the timeless Tony Storm thing is just a fantastic character. And even if you don't watch AEW, go onto like Instagram and see the things that she does because it's. Ah, it's just great. It's one of the things. It's one of the best characters in wrestling at the moment. It's 
absolutely brilliant. Like everything that she's doing with it um, is is fantastic. It's kind of got that gold dust kind of vibe to it, but then also it's really it's really really good. It's really really good. <laughs> it's the whole when she first started doing the and watch for the shoe bit. Everyone was like, and now it's become like a proper thing, and it? it is it is really funny. It's like one of them rare occasions where. She's a good wrestler, and she can pull off both like elements of it. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, we've seen her a lot. We saw her a lot in kind of British wrestling, like Progress and stuff like that. And to see this character that she brought into it, I was just—it's just something I really enjoyed. And yeah, if you don't watch AEW, I'd go and if I'd go if I'd go and watch that, I'd go and watch it for that. Uh, or if you don't want to watch it, go and go and have a look on Instagram or social media and catch up on it because it's really clever. Everybody will be watching it all the time again in a few weeks when Danhausen gets back on TV properly. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, but no, I agree with Matt. It is good. Go watch it. Yeah, I, I was just going to say like on a similar sort of thing. Um, obviously, MJF's just hit the year mark as AEW champion, which. Obviously, haven't been done prior to that. So, mm. I that was quite cool. I might have uh, might have picked up an injury from what I was reading at uh, last weekend's uh, event, full gear. So, yeah, I saw the face as well. Saw a clip might... of that. Did not look like a fun landing for him. Let's put it that way. Needed Logan Paul there to save him, like Rey Mysterio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and if you don't know what I'm talking about with that, um, yeah, he uh, Logan Paul caught Rey Mysterio so he didn't drop him on his head in a match where Logan Paul was officially trying to drop him on his head and then made a big song and dance about it afterwards. It's like, mate, wrestlers do that for each other all the time. Tree face. Blow your own trumpet somewhere else. Anyway, on that note, that is us. We are all done. All the predictions are locked in. Enjoy Survivor Series and... Uh, do all, all of the liking, sharing, subscribing, listening to The Darkest Timeline and the new episode of The Darkest Timeline with a special guest, no less. Uh, the Straight to the Apex podcast, the football podcast, the NFL podcast, all of it. Just, just you've, you've got a lot. You've got a lot of time before Survivor Series starts. Just get it all in. Right. Cheers, everyone, and uh, we shall see you next time. So there we go. What do you think of that? Do you feel unprepared for Survivor Series now? I certainly do. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. Big thank you for watching. Big thank you for listening. Big thank you for being here. If I can preemptively thank you for a few more things, thank you for like, share, subscribe, and comment. Leave a review where you can leave a review. And uh, check out the website, thecookiecast.com. There we've got social media links and an email button, and that way you can get in touch with us. Send us your predictions. If you beat us, win a prize. Simple as that. That's it for this one. Until next time, I'm going to say bye, and I'll see you then. How awesome is that? So awesome, you got to like, share, and subscribe. <laughs>